Welcome to the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame podcast. I'm your host, Chris May. Another episode, another legend, this one of Indiana's greats. A man who graduated as the all-time leading scorer in Indiana high school basketball history. 3,134 career points at Bedford North Lawrence, leading his team to three state finals appearances, including the 1990 state championship victory in front of a world record crowd. 41,046 spectators for a high school basketball game. Of course, he was nationally touted by his junior high years. Nearly all of his high school games were sold out. He played in front of an estimated 600,000 fans just in four years of high school. He was an All-American at Indiana University, graduated with more wins in an IU jersey than any other player. He graduated fifth in career scoring with over 1,700 points, and he graduated second in IU history with 474 career assists. After basketball, he's been involved in coaching, helping the Bedford North Lawrence girls to a 2014 4A championship victory. He was an assistant on their 2013 girls championship team. He also was an assistant women's coach at Butler University and has been the head and assistant boys coach as well at Bedford North Lawrence. Damon Bailey joined us inside the Bedford North Lawrence gymnasium on Damon Bailey Court to share his story and his life on the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame podcast. What are the first thoughts and emotions when you talk about Indiana high school basketball? Well, there's a lot of thoughts, a lot of emotions that go along with Indiana high school basketball for me. Uh, obviously, it was, you know, it was the start of, uh, of my popularity. It was the start of uh, you know, me just playing a game that, that, that truly I love, but it growing into so much more. Um, you know, th- th- this state is, is really remarkable in the way that they embrace you know, the athletes, the sport, um, you know, the following that, that you're able to have, the community support that you have. Um, you know, it's just unmatched. Uh, for me, playing, you know, all over the country, playing in Europe, um, you know, having, you know, seen a lot of different basketball at a lot of different levels, uh, you know, to me, there's nothing greater than Indiana high school basketball. How does it compare with all the success you've had? I don't think it does compare. I mean, for me, it, it kind of leave its own. It's just something that, um, the community support that, that you get, uh, you know, the, the, the basketball at really the purest level. It's the highest level of pure basketball, you know, the way that it was invented. Uh, you know, once you get to the college level, the professional level, obviously it starts getting commercialized and that type of thing. But, uh, you know, Indiana high school basketball, you're playing with your friends, you're playing with people you grew up with, you're playing in your community for your community, and the support that you get is just remarkable. When you were playing in college and professionally, I'm sure teammates asked you about Indiana high school basketball. How did you go about explaining that? Well, it's very difficult to explain. Uh, you know, I don't think unless you experienced it, you can explain it. Uh, you know, but that's the thing. You know, no matter where somebody is from, they know about Indiana high school basketball, and I think that in itself, uh, you know, says a lot. You know, uh, guys in California, you know, talk about. I mean, you know, you're talking about great players that you know play high school basketball in front of one, two hundred people. You know, and and for me, you know, in my era that I came through, you know, we're we're sitting in a gym now that that holds six thousand people and it's sold out every night. Uh, you know, we're moving games to Hinkle Fieldhouse or you know just larger arenas, Holman Center, Assembly Hall, just so we could get more fans. Um, you know, the opportunity to see us play. So um, it's something that's very difficult to explain. Um, You know, I'm not sure, um, you know, I really know the reason. It's just, you know, I think that Indiana high school basketball is something that people really enjoy watching the game, you know, the fundamentals of the game, uh, you know, watching kids, you know, work hard to, to achieve a common goal of, of winning games and, and really taking a lot of the individual talents out of it. I mean, obviously we've had a lot of very 
uh, talented individual players uh, come out of the state, but um, you know the teams and the camaraderie that, that are developed, uh, you know, are second to none in my opinion. You grew up in a town and a time when basketball was everything. How can you explain what it was like growing up in Bedford in the 1980s? Well, it was a lot of fun, obviously. Uh, you know, the, the four years that I was here, you know, we're competing for state championships, uh, you know, every year. Uh, you know, our girls program at that time, uh, you know, was competing for state championships, uh, you know, every year. So, um, you know, we had a, a, a mayor that uh, declared us the, the basketball capital of Indiana. So, uh, you know, it was just everybody got on board. I mean, when, when there was a game, you know, the town shut down. Uh, you know, everybody was going to the game. Uh, you know, we were taking as many fans on the road with us as, as the home team was having. So, you know, just to have that type of support, uh, you know, again, looking back, on it now. I mean, as a 16, 17-year-old kid, I, I, I don't know that you understand it. I don't know that you really care. You know, you're just out playing the game with, with a bunch of friends. But, you know, now, you know, in your 40s, you can look back and, and, and be very proud, um, you know, of the support that the community gave you and, and uh, you know, all the, all the great memories. The four years you were in high school, what was the community like? Pep rallies, businesses downtown painting their windows. What, what sort of things were occurring? Well, yeah, I mean, we're having, you know, pep rallies at school, you know, before every, um, uh, you know, every round in the tournament, you know, we're having pep rallies. Uh, you know, all the businesses are decorating, uh, you know, windows, uh, you know, as we're going out of town, you know, the streets are, um, you know, the streets are lined with, with folks as we're going out of town on the bus to, to go play a sectional game or a regional game. Uh, you know, and then obviously when you, when you, you know, for us, we were fortunate enough to win a lot of those and we're coming back again. The town is, uh, you know, the, the streets are lined, you know, and, and, and a lot of places do that, you know, after a state championship or before a state championship game, uh, you know, but for us, it was happening, you know, all through the term, you know, as soon as we got to the, to the sectional. And I think, you know, that's, that's one of the good things about being a part of a, a, a team. You know, we were using those 20 games in the regular season you know, somewhat as practice, you know, just, just to get ready. I mean, our goal uh, was, was to win state championships. And, uh, you know, so we were just glad to get through the regular season, uh, not only us as players and coaches, uh, but, but I think the whole community, the whole town was, was waiting on that time of the year. And when, when it got here, um, you know, it was very exciting. So you were obviously the big man on campus, so to speak, in high school. What was a day in the life of Damon Bailey like in a town like this? Well, obviously growing up in, in, in this community, um, you know, it was a lot different here than it was other places. You know, here I was, I was Damon, you know, I, I was, you know, the, the kid that had grown up. Uh, I mean, obviously there's, you know, some special recognition that goes along with that, you know, in this community. But really, you know, all the recognition came from outside uh, of the community. I mean, the, the, the people of Bedford have always been great to me, uh, you know, kind of let me be a kid when I was growing up, you know, today kind of let me be an adult. You know, it was when we were going to Seymour or Jeffersonville or Indy or wherever it is that we're playing that the hoopla, you know, kind of exploded or, you know, the people that, that obviously you didn't see on a consistent basis, um, you know, were, were coming out of the woodwork, so to speak. So, you know, I mean, this was this has been a community that, that has, you know, given me personally a tremendous amount of support, uh, you know, giving any team that I've been involved with, uh, you know, an equal amount of support. And, and, and for that, I'm very grateful. Growing up, how did you first experience basketball? Where did you start playing? Well, I mean, I've, I've played the game since I was, you know, old enough to walk. Uh, you know, I, I grew up, and that's one of the advantages of growing up in a small community. Uh, you know, I had a father and, and, and his friends that were playing basketball two or three days a week, or they're playing in a, in a rec league, and, you know, and I'm tagging along, shooting around at halftime and between timeouts and, you know, just standing on the sideline dribbling a basketball, uh, you know, while the game's going on. So I've been around the game for a long period of time. 
Um, and, you know, and in the summertime, you know, I, I grew up in an era before, you know, Xbox and, and all that. I mean, we had an Atari, and if you wanted to play Asteroids, that was about it. But, uh, you know, so we were, you know, we were every day out, you know, playing, whether it was basketball, baseball, football, you know, whatever it is that we were doing. And I think that's the one thing that kids miss today, uh, you know, having, having kids that, that, that have grown up here in the last few years. Um, you know, very rarely do kids just go out on their own. Everything has become so structured. And, and I think that's where you learn the game of basketball is playing with your friends outside without any adults around. That's when you really figure out how to play the game. And, and in my opinion, that's what's missing today. But, uh, you know, for me, you know, I'm, I'm playing basketball, you know, four or five, six hours a day and not even really thinking about it, just, just playing. Uh, you know, it wasn't work. Nobody told me to do it. I'm just out having fun. And where were you playing back then? Well, you're playing, you know, in, in, in a buddy's driveway. You're, you're, you're playing at the elementary school and in, in, in the parking lot, uh, you know, anywhere that you could find a goal. Uh, you know, I, I grew up in, in, in Heltonville, which is a, a community of about 500 people just, uh, you know, just right outside of Bedford. And, you know, I had three or four. I was fortunate enough to have three or four friends that were about my age. Uh, that, that lived in the community and, and, and were on the teams that I played here. And, you know, we grew up from, you know, eight or nine years old. Mom and dad go off to work. We're just, you know, waiting on them to go out, out to work so we could sneak out and, 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 and go do our thing all day. So that's, that's what we're doing, um, you know. And, and, and again, you know, I, I, you know, as we got a little bit older with my dad and, and, and his group of friends playing in rec leagues and, you know, they're renting local gyms and just playing on Wednesdays and Sunday nights, you know, we're, we're playing, uh, you know, against guys that are, you you know, 30 years old at that time and we're, you know, 14, 15 years old. And, you know, those are the things that, that used to happen. You know, those are the things that, that I think a lot of the, I don't necessarily consider myself an old timer, but a lot of the old timers can talk about um, that, you know, just doesn't happen today. And, and, and again, that was, a, you know, a very big part of my success is, is learning how to play against you know, older players, uh, playing against players that were better, stronger than I was, you know, and having to figure out a way to be able to compete. So at what point as you're playing, does basketball become the end-all, be-all, if it ever did for you? Well, I, I, you know, I started playing AU basketball when I was, uh, you know, when I was nine years old. I started playing for a team uh, out of Indianapolis called Municipal Gardens, and that was really before AU basketball kind of blew up. Uh, That was kind of the start of it. About the time I was done playing was when it started getting big, where everybody played you know if you had a if you had a dad that wanted to coach you could have a team type of thing but back when I grew up playing in it you know really only the best of the best played I mean there was three or four teams in every age group in the state of Indiana Um, and you know we went to a national tournament um, you know and and won a national tournament Uh, you know I was playing with players like Eric Montross and Alan Henderson and Matt Waddell you know some of the uh, you know all-time Indiana greats and you know, I was named MVP, um, and that was probably the time that for me, you know, I realized, you know, hey, if I continue to work, continue to improve, I could be pretty good at this game. You know, I knew I was pretty good locally, uh, but that was the time that, you know, statewide, nationally, I, I was starting to get some recognition. Uh, I continued playing baseball up until my freshman year in high school. I played my freshman year in high school, and then after that, you know, it just got too difficult with AAU and, and, and me you know, having that dream of playing, you know, college basketball, um, you know, trying to find the time to manage the two, you know, got, got a little bit too much. So that's really when I guess I, you know, dedicated myself, uh, you know, to the game. And obviously I took it pretty serious, you know, up until that point. But probably my freshman year, after my freshman year in high school is when, 
you know, I got really serious about it. Before you got to high school, who were some of the guys you looked up to? Some of the guys you watched, teams that you followed? Well, I, I think if you're a, you know, a, a kid my age growing up in, in this state, uh, you know, Larry Bird was the, the, the one person, you know, everybody wanted to, to be like. Uh, you know, he was the, the, the player that was able to have a tremendous career and, and, and be one of the greatest players to ever play the game. And, and really, other than being 6'9", probably shouldn't have been. Uh, you know, didn't have the great athletic ability, but just a player that worked extremely hard to get the most out of the ability that he had and, and really to outwork people. And, you know, I, I think for the state of Indiana, that was a, a great story. Uh, you know, he was a, a great role model from that standpoint for, you know, everybody growing up around my generation. Uh, you know, you wanted to emulate the game, you know, your game around, around Larry uh, because he played the game the right way you know he was he was very unselfish he worked extremely hard you know when the, when the game was invented uh, you know to me the way Larry Bird played it was the way that it was invented to be played uh, you know so he, he was the one you know basketball idol that, that that I had you know growing up as a young kid how much did you follow the state high school tournament I, I can't say that I really followed I mean obviously <clears throat> I, I, I went to all the BNLs games uh, you know and kind of followed the, the the teams that they were playing and you know every Friday Saturday night you know the, the whole family was coming you know to the game it's just it's just what we did uh, you know but as far as following the, the state I can't say that I really did that in elementary or, or middle school um, you know, I remember watching Scott Skiles and, you know, players of that uh, uh, of that era, you know, playing in, in interstate championship and, and, and those types of things. And, you know, the Connorsville teams, you know, I can I can remember those games, you know. So you, you always watch the state finals, but really as far, far as following it, it was, you know, kind of limited, you know, from, from me to kind of this southern Indiana, you know. And, and, and that was, you know, one of the good things about being in southern Indiana. One of the bad things, I guess, is, you know, you didn't you didn't get a lot of you know, a lot of the Indianapolis stuff or the northern Indiana stuff, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, you really had to dig for it, I guess, if you if you wanted to find those types of things. You know, it's not like it is today where, you know, social media and everything else that's going on. We talk often about how there's nothing like Indiana high school basketball. There's nothing better than Indiana high school basketball. Why do you think that is? Well, I, I don't know. I, I, and I don't know that anybody can really answer that, uh, you know, honestly. I think it's a, it, it's a whole combination of things, uh, you know, for, for me – it's it's that support and, and, and why you know as a, as a player you know looking at it from a player's perspective it's the support that you get from the communities uh, you know we have a lot of smaller schools in the state obviously uh, you know with consolidation that number of smaller schools is going away but for a lot of communities you know the the high school is what they have and then you know with 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 basketball being the the the, the, the primary sport in a lot of these you know a lot of these smaller schools you know, either didn't have football or don't have it now. So basketball was kind of that primary sport that everybody could could rally around. You know, and you could, um, you know, you could create that rivalry with the the community that was you know 10 miles down the road or 20 miles down the road. Now, you know, with consolidation, uh, you know, I think it has hurt Indiana high school basketball. Uh, you know, I mean, people talk about class basketball and a lot of different things. You know, you know, but. Personally, I think the consolidation has affected it a lot more than really the class system has. Um, because as I said, when I grew up, it's what we did. We went to the high school game. Uh, my mom and dad grew up, uh, you know, always going to their local, uh, you know, high school game. And, you know, and now, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of different things going on. You know, kids are playing every weekend, you know, as youngsters. So they're just not growing up, you know, uh, kind of having that, 
um, you know, feeling of entitlement or, you know, feeling of, of you know, this is my school and, and, you know, this is the most important thing. Um, you know, so I, I think we've lost a little bit of that, but, uh, you know, it's still uh, remarkable, um, you know, having coached here, you know, at, at the high school level for the, uh, you know, the two previous years, um, you know, it, it's really remarkable the support that you still get. I know it's tough for a guy who had a career like you, so many unique games, so many sellouts and the huge crowds, but are there any games or memories that stand out most to you? Well, I, I think there's, you know, not necessarily rivalry games, but maybe they were rivalry that particular year because it was another good team or they had another, you know, uh, very good player. Um, you know, I can remember playing uh, you know, at Floyd Central against Pat Graham, who I, I later went on and played um, college basketball with at IU. Um, you know, the gym, it was, uh, you know, it was in, you know, January, February, whenever it was, you know, it's zero degrees outside, but I think it was 150 in the gym. You know, they have, they have an arena of, a, you know, 2,500, 3,000 people, whatever it is, and I think they had about 6,000 in there that night. And, you know, and it, it's just remarkable, uh, you know, the, the atmosphere that they had and, and, and again you know it, it lends to it that you know I think you know we're both you know top five ranked team in the state at that time with with very good players uh, you know competing for for state championships uh, you know they were a conference rival uh, so we're competing for a conference championship so you know I, I think there's there's games you can look back on uh, that um, you know were a little bit more special than others I guess uh, you know and that probably changed from year to year just based on the players that were there or, or, or the teams. Uh, but, you know, for, for us, we were very fortunate. And, you know, when we talk about, you know, playing in front of 40,000 or, you know, whatever the number was at the Hoosier Dome. And, you know, and I, and I make the comment to people all the time, for, for us at, at Bedford, it really wasn't that big of a deal. I mean, 40,000 people, and I, I definitely don't want to take anything away from the number because it's, a, it's a, an unimaginable number. Uh, but, you know, we were used to playing in front of sold out arenas, you know, and, and again, maybe that was a, a 1500 seat, you know, high school gym, you know, maybe that was the Hallman Center, maybe that was Hinkle at, you know, 10, 15,000, whatever that number is, uh, you know, so just going to, you know, the, 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 the Hoosier Dome at the time and playing in front of 40,000, for us, it was, you know, just another sold out, uh, you know, sold out venue that we're playing in front of. And again, I, I, I'm not wanting to take anything away from that number because, uh, again, you know, people, you know, I, I talk to people about it today and I still think people don't believe it. But, uh, uh, you know, but it was just something that we kind of grew up. My high school career, you know, grew up playing in front of packed houses, you know, however many that it could hold were, were the number of people that were there. During your career, the sellouts were a regular occurrence. There are all kinds of stories, people scalping tickets for big money, trying to get their way in any way they could. Uh, did any of that phase you as you're playing? Well, you know, like I said, during that time, you know, I'm, I'm oblivious to everything that's going on. I'm, I'm playing basketball. I'm, I'm having fun, uh, you know, but obviously you, you hear the stories now of, you know, people paying, you know, $100, $100 just to, to get the tickets, uh, you know, or, you know, you hear of Bedford people that were buying season tickets at Seymour and, and Brownstown and everywhere else just so they could make sure and, 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 and be at our game. Uh, you know, so there are stories like that, uh, but, uh, you know, definitely in, in the time, in the moment, um, you know, you're, you're just a high school kid. You know, you're just, you're just playing a game that you love with your buddies. If you couldn't choose here in the Bedford gym, 
Were there any others that were your favorite or that were memorable for you? Well, I would say probably the Seymour gym. Uh, you know, it's probably the other gym other than this one uh, that I played the most games in. That was, uh, you know, at that time, that's where the sectional and, and, and regional were held. Uh, you know, back when, when I was playing, uh, they were a conference opponent as well. So every other year we were playing a conference game there. Uh, we played, uh, you know, two or three uh, schools moved their home games to Seymour uh, because it seats, you know, 8,000 or whatever that number is, uh, you know, instead of the 1,500 at their gym. So, you know, I, that, that's probably the gym that I played the second most games in, uh, you know, um, and, and, and people kid, and I don't know whether it's true, but they say I hold the building scoring record at, at, at Seymour, uh, you know, and, and, and didn't even go to school there, so over, over a career. So I don't know whether that's true or not, but I, I played a lot of games there, and, it, and it's a lot like this gym, you know, so from a, from an atmosphere and a background standpoint, it was very, very similar, uh, you know, other than seated, you know, 2,000, 2,500 more. We've talked about what basketball meant to people around here. What did basketball add to the culture and the life of people in Bedford? Well, I, I, I mean, I don't want to make basketball bigger than what it is because it's a game. Uh, but, you know, I, I think it gave the community a, a purpose at times. Uh, you know, it, it kind of put Bedford on the map, if you will. Uh, you know, I think that, you know, at that time Bedford was, was known for limestone, and, and I think today uh, Bedford is known for limestone and basketball. Uh, I, I don't know which one's more important, uh, but I think those are the two things that, that, that the people in the state of Indiana uh, and, and really outside of Indiana, uh, you know, are, are going to know of Bedford where, you know, maybe before um, the early 80s they wouldn't. And, that, and that's not because, you know, here in Bedford we've had a long history of, of high school basketball success. You know, it, it's not just the four years that I was here, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty good. Uh, you know, we were good before that, we've been good after that. Uh, but I think that was the time where it brought the national recognition, um, you know, to, to the community. And, and, and again, I think the people, uh, you know, could take pride in that because we have a great community. It, it, it's great people, uh, great businesses, uh, you know, that, that, that support one another. Uh, you know, and, and to get that type of recognition, uh, you know, I, I think was special to, to the folks here. You talked about playing baseball and other sports. What was it that drew you to basketball? I think number one is something I was pretty good at. Uh, you know, I think that's the easy answer. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it was not really anything that I was pushed into by, you know, my parents. But, you know, just having, you know, parents that, um, you know, grew up loving the game, you know, so uh, instinctively I grew up loving the game. Um, you know, you, you grow up in an era, you know, 20 minutes south of, of, uh, of Bloomington IU, uh, you know, with Coach Knight, uh, you, you know, it, it's, it, you know, basketball doesn't get any bigger than that, you know, in, in, in the early 80s when I'm growing up, uh, you know, with Isaiah Thomas and, and, and those guys winning this championship in 81, and again, you know, Keith Smart hitting the shot, uh, you know, Steve Alford, um, you know, in 87 winning a national championship. So I grew up, you know, in an era with, with IU basketball where it was as, as big as it's ever been. Um, you know, so that was probably the, the things that, that kind of pushed me towards it. Um, but, you know, like I said, probably the most important thing was it was something I, you know, something I enjoyed and, and, and again, something I was pretty good at. In those regards, is it overstating it that it was destiny? Well, I, I don't know. It, uh, sometimes uh, it, it's played out like it was destiny. There, there, there are certain parts of my life that have, that have played out that way, definitely. Uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, for me, I, I know there's been a lot of hard work that's went into that. I, I've had a lot of people that have, uh, that have helped me gain the, the amount of success that I had in the game of basketball. 
you know, so I'm, I'm very grateful for, to a lot of people. Uh, but, but for me, you know, I think that it was just something that, you know, I, I, I truly fell in love with the game. Uh, you know, I, I talked earlier about playing, you know, five or six hours a day and, and not even thinking about it. Uh, you know, nobody told me to, uh, you know, whether that was just going out my driveway on my own, you know, I mean, we're all going to, uh, you know, every, every generation is going to talk about, you know, um, sweeping the driveway of snow and, and, and shooting with gloves on and, and, you know, walking 10 miles to school uphill both ways and, and those types of things. But, uh, you know, but it, it truly was for me. Any opportunity I got to play basketball, I played it. You know, that's, that's what I wanted to do. Uh, that's what I love doing. And, and, and still today I love the game. Uh, you know, I don't play it anymore. The, the body kind of broke down on me. Uh, but, but obviously still being involved with the game is something that's very important to me. What do you think the future of high school basketball is in Indiana? Um, you know, I, I think, you know, Indiana basketball is always going to be something special. Uh, you know, I, I think that we have to continue, um, you know, from, from the commissioners and, and, and that type of thing, you know, always trying to make the game better. But, you know, still staying true to, to our values. And, and, again, there's been some changes, uh, you know, made over the last, you know, few years or, or, or quite a few now, years now with, with the class basketball system. And, obviously, there's, um, you know, probably a, a part of the um, people that, that still don't like it. Uh, there, there's probably a part of the people that, that, that do like it. And, and I, I think there's, there's good and bad to, to both sides of it. But, um, you know, I think we just have to continue – you know, moving forward, looking for ways to, you know, to improve our game, um, um, you know, not really worrying about, you know, what the other states are doing because, you know, we do have something special here. We do have a support that, that, that in my opinion, no other state has. You know, maybe there's a couple of states that, that can come close and, and can rival that somewhat. Uh, but, you know, moving forward, I think, you know, we just have to continue doing what we've done, uh, continue, you know, building good basketball players, you know, helping, uh, you know, and, and getting that community support. And I, I think that, you know, as long as we continue to do that, continue having the smaller communities involved in the game, and, and as I said, probably consolidation is the one thing that, that would continue to hurt it more than anything, in my opinion. Um, uh, you know, I, I think Indiana uh, high school basketball will, will have another, you know, great hundred years. What was it like as a high school kid to play in Hinkle Fieldhouse? Well, obviously, Hinkle is a historic building, and, and any kid that, that plays the game of high school uh, basketball understands, you know, Hinkle. And, you know, if you've ever watched the movie Hoosiers, you, you, you know what Hinkle is. Uh, you know, I was able to play two or three, uh, you know, regular season games. Again, um, you know, Carmel, Bloomington South, a couple of schools moved their regular season games to Hinkle, um, you know, so that we could just play in, in, in that type of venue. Uh, you know, to get more people in there. And, uh, you know, for, for me, it, it, it was a great honor, you know, just understanding the history of, uh, you know, of, of high school basketball and, and kind of where it started and, and, and with state championships being held there years ago, you know, how, how special of a place that was. Uh, you know, and for me, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a part of my day job now to, to be able to go there and work every day, um, you know, is, you know, at, at some level, that destiny you're talking about, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, kind of an, an unreal moment. You've not only been able to coach your children, but you coached your daughters on two state championship teams. What was that like? Obviously, for me, um, you know, getting the opportunity to coach my daughter, Alexa, uh, you know, in uh, the, the last couple of years at the high school level and uh, experiencing the, the state championships and, and um, you know, winning the games and, and all that, uh, you know, it, it's just a great experience. I mean, you know, people ask, you know, which was, you know, uh, 
more enjoyable winning a state championship as a player or as a coach. And uh, I, I don't know that it's winning it as a coach, but winning it as a, a coach parent, uh, you know, by far exceeds winning it as a player. Uh, you know, watching her grow and, and develop into, you know, a, a tremendous young lady, uh, you know, someone that's worked very hard to be a good basketball player, uh, you know, is it, really special. And then, you know, the last state championship we won, I have another daughter that's a junior, Lauren, uh, that, that was a part of that team as well. So for me, being, uh, you know, a parent and knowing how special Indiana high school basketball was to me and being able to live and experience that with my kids, uh, you know, that's the best thing ever. So you'd say being a part of Indiana high school basketball was unique for you? Yeah, there's, there's nothing like Indiana high school basketball, period. Um, like I said, I think we can, you know, people can argue that, uh, you know, we can debate it. Uh, but, but having grown up, uh, you know, watching Indiana high school basketball, having experienced Indiana high school basketball, um, there, there's nothing like it. We appreciate Damon sharing his time, his stories, his memories with us here on the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media. We also want to remind you to subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, or Stitcher. Also join us online at hoopshall.com for information on our inductees, upcoming events, our museum, and our online gift shop. Also follow the Hall of Fame social media accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we hope you'll continue to follow us here on the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame podcast. I'm your host, Chris May. Thanks so much for joining us and listening to the story of Damon Bailey here on the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame podcast. 